The Cambria Regional Chamber presents Where Adventure Lives, the podcast, where we explore recreation in our region and introduce you to recreation enthusiasts who live it, love it, and help make it happen. Welcome to another episode of Where Adventure Lives, the podcast. Before we get started, I want to thank REMAX Team Realtors for supporting the podcast. The Bob Colvin team is ready to help you discover all of our area's adventures. Find your perfect place at movetojohnstown.com or you can call them anytime, 814-262-7653. That's 814-262-7653. My guest today is someone I've been really looking forward to talking to, Nathan Regner. He's PA's Director of Outdoor Recreation. Nathan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Mike. It is fun and exciting to be here. Absolutely. So before we get uh, too in the weeds uh, with recreation stuff, this is a new position that the state put together, correct? So what is the objective of the position and how did you come to it? Pretty new position, Mike, yes. So... uh, the way we talk about the director of outdoor recreation is my job to expand and ensure the benefits of outdoor recreation for all Pennsylvanians. Pennsylvanians as individuals, mm-hmm. as communities, and as a commonwealth. And so, like, th- this job is about bringing benefits to people uh, health benefits, physical, mental health, social, community health benefits, um, ecological health, connectivity, and, and, and I don't know, I say importantly, or maybe new for all of this work economic benefits, the economic benefits delivered to us by our outdoor industry and the economic benefits delivered by uh, outdoor recreation as um, a quality in our lives, a way it makes our communities places where we want to live attractive to uh, workers relocating, Mm -hmm. attractive for youth to remain, um, for graduating students to see their careers in. it's outdoor recreation as a as a workforce development tool, right? And and I don't think a lot of people realize that that when you say recreation, there are all of those facets to it. That there are the health benefits, the economic benefits. Um, you know, a, a lot of people are like they kind of trivialize recreation. Unfortunately, in their eyes, they're like, well, that that's not an industry. That's not going to bring money to our community. But the reality of it is. It's a huge industry, and, and in, it improves the lives of everybody partaking in it, really, um, from all kinds of aspects. It is easy to think of outdoor recreation as a nice Saturday outside with your family and friends. Yeah. It and really it is, is. that. Mm-hmm. It is also an industry, $14 billion, 1.6% of our gross domestic product in Pennsylvania, and a pathway toward our competitive quite frankly Mike our competitiveness yeah how well we're gonna do in the in the future ahead of us there's a harsh reality that uh, you know areas like Johnstown that were formerly heavy industry areas uh, let's be realistic there's probably not gonna be a big industry that comes back to Johnstown so you know we're looking at how do we reinvent ourselves now and we've got all these great rivers and mountains around us so capitalizing on that is is really the direction that things seem to be going. Not only that, too, I, I believe, and I don't know the numbers offhand, but from a health metric standpoint, Johnstown is fairly not healthy. Um, but getting people outdoors and, and, you know, get the vitamin D when the sun's out, get some cardio <laughs> in, just go for a walk, that can really help improve your your mental well-being and your physical well-being uh so people i hope start seeing the value in this stuff and you get to spend a little time with your neighbors when you're out there as well which is which is 
great. It is. And that's one thing I love about trail culture is like, you know, if you're going down a rail trail, you always say hi to the people that you're passing. You know, it, it feels like a, a community and, and it's always really nice to get out and, and see other people. And Yeah, Mike, you, you referenced you referenced industry and like big industry. Um, that's, I think, an important concept. Uh, something that something that I hear people talk about uh, is place-based development. Mm-hmm. The idea that that our rivers, our mountains, our scenery, our wildlife—that's something that's in, they're inherent to our communities. They are our they are public resources. They are ours, um, and they are all going to stay here. Mm-hmm. Um, owners of industry. Um, can sometimes come and go, um, particularly in a in a in a globalizing world. Um, but rivers, mountains, the experiences on our trails—they're endemic to our culture. And so, basing development around them, making a bet on uh, on on a future there, I think is really like really wise and good and and comes from the home yeah. so to speak yeah and, and more to your point too we saw that happen firsthand in terms of industry when uh congressman murtha passed away a lot of those defense contracting companies that he brought into the area it, within a month or two of him passing away went to whatever the next congressman's district was that was getting them the money then uh, but you're right the rivers are still here the mountains are still here and you know what we can invest in them and that i think when i go when i travel around pennsylvania and talk about outdoor recreation i like telling the story of greenhouse park Cumahoning Reservoir. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're gonna know as much or more about this than I do. So let me tell. May I tell the story, and Absolutely. then like you can fact check me and embellish along the way if opportunities present themselves. You got it. Fire away. Okay, Cumahoning Reservoir. How's my pronunciation? Cumahoning. Cumahoning. So let's begin at the beginning. Fact check number one. <laughs> Thank you. Cumahoning Reservoir, um, a Bethlehem steel built reservoir, to provide water for the mills downstream. So it's an industrial water source. Mm-hmm. Bethlehem Steel Plant closes when? Ah, boy, I that was pre Within your memory? Johnstown. Yeah, in the late eighties, I think. Okay, uh, was the the final death blow of for Bethlehem? I believe we should find that out. We should. Anyway, Stony Creek River, a great uh, a, a great boating river, particularly when there are releases from the dam. Um, so we've got this pent up water source. We've got a pent up recreation, recreational demand and, and opportunity. Um, the Ben's Creek Canoe Club saw this, brought attention to it, worked as a grassroots um, community group uh, on this project for years and eventually secured substantial sums of money. Yes. Uh, something to the tune of $2 million, I believe. I call that substantial. That is very substantial. For an innovative piece of hardware to be installed in this industrial dam, mm-hmm. a special kind of valve that can be operated on a schedule for predictable whitewater boating in the Stony Creek River. Yep. Okay. So that valve was a product of government agencies, including mine, Department Mm -hmm. of Conservation and Natural Resources, um, as well as others. And Greenhouse Park was developed 
to have whitewater features in the Stony Creek River. Correct. And investments were made in abandoned mine land and drainage, uh, mitigation, reclamation, etc. Mm-hmm. That helped clean up the water. Now, there are regularly scheduled releases from this dam that are bringing whitewater boaters to Johnstown on a predictable schedule. Mm-hmm that are bringing economic activity to Johnstown through this outdoor recreation. Yep. And there are two stories in, there are two lines of this story that hit the message of outdoor recreation as an industry home to me. One, we had an industrial reservoir whose client, essentially, Bethlehem Steel, went out of business. Mm -hmm. They had, the reservoir remained, it had no clients. The Ben's Creek Canoe Club organizes this whitewater effort, now pays for releases out, out, of, the, out of the reservoir. Yep. Um, and so industry has returned. Yeah. Through whitewater boating. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, to give you a little bit of perspective on what that's drawing in, we'll see about 200 people on a good, nice whitewater release weekend from about six different states that come to Johnstown to enjoy that. Now we do two days of releases. It's a Saturday and a Sunday release. And oftentimes those people are staying over to the next day so they can enjoy both days of the release. Uh, it's been a huge draw. Uh, and Greenhouse Park, uh, in case anybody didn't know, is Pennsylvania's first man-made whitewater park. So, we- And from what I hear, there's a lot of cities out there who want to join you in that. There are. We've got emails at the club uh, from at least three or four other organizations that are like, hey, how did you go about the process of you know, doing the studies to put the park in your river and, and, and how do you clear that with DCNR and all the bureaucracy involved in that. So there are there are a number of other cities that are looking at developing that kind of resource now. So we got the the, the tourist related economic activity mm-hmm. from the releases. We've we've got um, the model of Greenhouse Park and its development. We've invested in this industry like we invest in um, developing sites for other industries. And part of this is also, I think, um, the uh, I, I use that word predictability several times um, because part, part of building an outdoor economy is having sort of reliability and steadiness, predictability both for visitors mm-hmm. coming to a place and for businesses so that entrepreneurs know what the value proposition is, can build a business plan and carry it forward. This is one of the reasons why outfitter businesses, guide businesses, increasingly some of our winter recreation businesses are becoming difficult to, um, to manage. Right. And so something that, something that um, we want to do with Pennsylvania's Office of Outdoor Recreation, which, you know, <laughs> earlier you asked um, uh, about who we are and what we do. Well, to, to accomplish this mission of delivering benefits, Governor Shapiro created an Office of Outdoor Recreation for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania just in, on August 34th, first of this year, um, down in, down in uh, um, Connellsville. Uh, Pennsylvania, and one of the things that we that we need to do with this Office of Outdoor Recreation is help to um, help help our outdoor businesses organize, help them skill up, 
with uh, business plans, with, with um, training and workforce development um, supports so that uh, this industry that we have really can thrive mm-hmm. um, and do some of the great things that are, that are happening here in Johnstown even more. Yeah, and you're not only supporting those like outdoor recreation-based businesses. Like we're recording this in a secret room behind Roots right now, and Roots focuses on like all kinds of healthy juices, smoothies, kombuchas, and salads. Like outdoor recreation people like that kind of stuff. Yes. So it's going to drive people into these kind of businesses as well. You know, Stonebridge Brewing is right down the street. He makes fantastic beer. People want a beer after they get off the river or they're done cycling uh, and a meal. And these are often small locally based businesses, entrepreneurs who have vision uh, and drive and and want to make a difference in their communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a lot. There's a lot of social capital there. Yeah, you're really supporting your neighbors whenever uh, you're frequenting small businesses like this. It's the, granted Sheets is somewhat <laughs> pseudo local, pseudo local, um, but they're they're bigger now. Like McDonald's, for example. Yeah. You know, if you go to McDonald's, you're supporting a big corporation. But if you go to Roots or you go to Stonebridge or you go to Balance, you're supporting somebody that lives in your community and is trying their hardest to bring something good to your community as well. Part and parcel of this nature-based type of development that I talked about earlier. Another line that always often goes along with it is Mm people-centric. And um, our friends up the Pennsylvania Wilds, they talk about sticky money. They talk about when 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 a dollar either circulates in a local economy from the business that we are generating mm-hmm. or a dollar comes into an economy from outside, like from a visitor or an outside investor, taking that dollar and sticking it as far down in the community as possible and circulating it around mm-hmm. so that it doesn't go away. That sticky money that gets in the community and just just can, passes around to build build the whole connecting like raw materials with with makers with retail establishments and experience providers this kind of integrated supply chain yeah um i think is is uh another good bet to make yeah yeah i i would agree 100 percent with you too and and Earlier, we touched on uh, the the grassroots nature of recreation, and a lot of the driving force behind recreation in Pennsylvania, and especially the Johnstown region, are those grassroots organizations. You know, uh, the Ben's Creek Canoe Club, it's it's a nonprofit. There are are cycling nonprofits around. There are hiking nonprofits around. Uh, All the trails in the area are being maintained and, and dug by volunteers. How do you feel from the, the thousand foot view of your position, you're going to be able to best support the grassroots nature of recreation. I think we've been freeloading on him, Mike. <laughs> I think we've been freeloading on you. <laughs> grassroots organization is super important. That's where vision is. That's where energy is. That's where like community relevance comes from. Mm-hmm. It is also volunteer work. It also sort of relies on people giving more. Mm-hmm. Um, it is um, 
some of your volunteer groups out here have been rock solid. Uh, have had a great mix of progression and being rock solid. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen everywhere. A lot of our volunteer organizations are graying. Mm -hmm. a, lot of, uh, a lot of places have sort of flare and fade um, volunteer stewardship efforts. Yeah. Um, I think we need to, we're, go we're going back to easy to think of it as a good Saturday outside and maybe what you're doing on that Saturday is volunteering doing some trail work staffing a community event mm -hmm. it is also an industry and a part of our economy and I think that we need to do more and better on that side of things and I think we need to develop our private sector outdoor recreation this is the first time i'm trying to think of what actually to call this group my <laughs> our our private se sector outdoor recreation um orga organization maybe we're back sure. there um nonprofits i think you know bring the vision bring the community along spread the word um i think that we need to get to to those nonprofits, the professional services of planning and design, construction management, mm -hmm. and we should we should pay for what we want. Yeah, we shouldn't like a free trail is not necessarily the best trail, mm -hmm. and we should have the best trails. Yeah, that's a way to say it as well. I like that. Uh, my and, my running joke right now is eventually somebody's going to pay me to do this. Uh, I don't really want paid. I because I've been accused on social media of doing things that are passion projects. And my response to that is, yeah. Yes. Why wouldn't I do passion projects? Yeah. Why would I go out and dig trails every weekend if it wasn't something I'm passionate about? Uh, so it, people can think they're slinging mud and say, oh, all you do is passion projects. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I do. Um, and I'm okay with that. And I'd like to have a team working along with you. Yeah, yeah. That's that, where we need to get. Uh, that's one of the hardest things as from, you know, trail work and, and from my other friends that do trail work or, or in the other systems around the communities um, or, or from the, the canoe club. It, it's always everybody wants to come and enjoy the amenity you put together, but it's really hard to get volunteers. It's I don't know why. I And I understand People have their lives, and, and once they, you know you start getting older, and you have kids. It's get, it gets harder, uh, but getting volunteers to help sometimes is like pulling teeth. Uh, so any kind of weight that the state could put behind that, while keeping things authentic, though, like you know, there's the thing like you don't want to get too much bureaucracy interjected into these grassroots movements because then they lose their authenticity. That's where the eyes. magic is, right? And that's a I, I gotta I'll, I'll confess that that's a tough spot that mm -hmm. I find myself in as somebody in an administrative position who throughout my life has enjoyed the, um, you know, going to recreate outside to get away from that sort of thing. Right. Um, uh, it's, it, is, it is, I think, a uniquely um, challenging alchemy to try and work out that may not exist, mm -hmm. um, that may not exist in in other sectors. Um, you talk about you talk about uh, difficulty getting volunteers. Um, it is a 
you know, I, I joked at the beginning that we were freeloading on you. <laughs> yeah. And, and that is the truth in that is that since, uh, since the maybe 50s, 60s, um, and maybe even before that a little bit, our game plan, our, our broadly speaking game plan, national parks, national forests, state parks, state forests, local parks, trails, has been a volunteer-based model. Right. Um, the land managers sort of took care of the land and maybe maybe did the initial construction, and then trails, campgrounds, whatever were adopted by volunteer groups, civic groups. Yeah. Um, and that model worked for a long time, but broadly speaking, we are we no longer engage civically in the same ways that we did before through the sort of organized club, Robert's Rules of Orders, officers, fundraisers, you know, this kind of thing Mm -hmm. is on a broad downward societal trend, has been for a long time. Um, I, something that I talk about with sort of colleagues who are volunteer connected um, is like, what is a new model of stewardship for our public lands and, and outdoor recreation resources? I don't, you know, at this point, it's clear to me that trying to reinvigorate that civic group approach is um, an an uphill swim. Yes. And I don't think, in this case, I don't think downstream, or an upstream swim. Mm-hmm. In this case, I don't think downstream is bad. I know that you know going downstream <laughs> can be quite good. It's all good. <laughs> all good. <laughs> Um, so, like, how can we how can we do stewardship with with the flow? Right. That's a question that I think we ought to be brainstorming, taking experiments, thousand points of light mm-hmm. um, uh, approach. Right. Uh, what concerns me, and you're right, we see the dwindling numbers in some of the organizations we're we're involved with, um, and. and Without like actively spending time going out and recruiting, I don't know what the answer to that is. Because what scares me is, say, one of those civic-minded organizations like the Canoe Club, 10 years down the road, went to a different model. How do we ensure that the things that we've done in the past and the, the visions that we had for our clean rivers and, our, and, and preserving these amenities for people, how do we make sure those things keep happening? That, that's my concern. We got to we got to build some, we got to we've got to build structures mm-hmm. to do that. Um, what are those? I you know there are many. I don't. I can't tell you which ones are going to be right mm-hmm. at this point because we got to try them out from the Office of Outdoor Recreation's perspective. I we are trying to create an outdoor business alliance. We're trying to get our small and large outdoor businesses organized. And outdoor businesses we interpret pretty broadly. Retail, like bike shops, gear shops, um, vehicle, you know, RV, boat, ATV shops, manufacturers um, of equipment. We have manufacturers of outdoor equipment in in Pennsylvania and brands. Um, We've got the hospitality sector, businesses that are sort of catered to an outdoor recreation community. We've got guides, outfitters, ski areas, mountain lodges, rental shops, like that kind of set. Yeah. And we've got um, professionals. We've got creative content producers <laughs> working in the outdoor space. Yeah. We've got guide, book, and map makers. We've got 
social media professionals, we've got landscape architects, attorneys, accountants working in this space. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing we do is get that group coordinated and organized and lobbying the state, Mm -hmm. state legislature, and influencing agencies in ways that keep this outdoor recreation moving forward. Yeah. That's one thing that's one thing the 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 office can do. Mm-hmm. I think to like what you're taught what I think what we we got a battleship and we want to sort of power this thing so that it's got momentum carrying into the future. Yeah. Now I think that business engine is one way we can do it. I would agree. And and, and in your position, do you find that the uh, legislators see the value in this as well and they're putting their weight behind your efforts individually absolutely yes um every person legislators got you should hear the governor talk about outdoor recreation it is remarkable the the authenticity with which he speaks about it and and we all we've all had these experiences outside mm-hmm. with our families and friends, either visiting a national park or being in our own park uh, back at uh, back at home, mm-hmm. where we felt connected, where we felt healthy, where like it's been all good afterward. <laughs> yeah, um, that part is one hundred percent there every, with everyone. Um, the new concept is, huh? That didn't happen on its own, mm-hmm. and there is more to it, particularly the economics of it, yeah. than meets the eye. That's that's um, that's the new understanding, mm-hmm. and 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 one for which people sort of seem hungry and interested and have some revelations about. Well, that's good. That that makes me feel good as somebody spending free time helping to develop these amenities. That that. Uh, the, the powers that be see the value in them as well. That, that's really important. Uh, not just the mountain bikers, not just the kayakers, but like you know the. We gotta the, get you resourced though. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Um, so whenever you first stepped into this position, you did a whirlwind tour of the state. Uh huh. And you got to meet a lot of uh, the stakeholders in, in, in the recreation communities and all of those little areas that you visited, and you came to Johnstown. Yep. Uh, and, and you a got- A natural, it was a natural. A natural, that's that's good, that's awesome. So you met a lot of people over at Jaha that day that you did your presentation. Did you do two days here? One. One. What was your, whenever you left that presentation, what were your thoughts about Johnstown and, and recreation, recreational development in Johnstown? Okay, first of all, I wanna say that our original facility for that day was the Bottle Factory. Yes. But we outgrew it quickly in our registration. And then we got um, over, to the, over to the Heritage Arts. Jaha, yeah, Johnstown Area Heritage Association. Johnstown Area Heritage Association, thank you. You're welcome. Um, and we filled that mm-hmm. at, to our limit. And had to, it, so I want to say first that of our nine meetings in Philadelphia, York, Johnstown, Pittsburgh, Erie, Warren, Scranton, Williamsport, and Easton, mm-hmm. um, Johnstown was our most heavily attended. Wow, that's awesome! So that's that told me something. Mm-hmm. What did it tell me? That there's a lot of interest, that there's a lot of demand, that there's a lot of people putting their hands up and saying, yeah, I want in on the thing. 
Um, so that was one. Um, another uh, uh, another point that really hit home to me, Jared Bunk. Some of your listeners might might know Jared Bunk. Yeah. Um, I like I consider Jared a friend. Yeah. And and um, a really perceptive person. And he delivered a message. He shared a message on uh, with the group about optimism mm-hmm. um, and and commitment to like openness for the future. Um, thinking about thinking about um, thinking in new ways. Mm-hmm. And you know he he lives around here so he can speak to I'm I'm reluctant to say Johnstown is this or Johnstown is that other than it's great which I know personally yeah um, but Jared Jared spoke to a desire for 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 a wind of change mm-hmm. to blow um, that that carried out that carried the whole community forward um, and and into a brighter future and that is in different ways a message we heard everywhere mm-hmm. as we were as we were going around the state um, along with an encouragement to um, do it to, to, to try and promote this kind of economic development around the state uh, but in ways that are place and context specific yeah um, that manage uh, challenges to housing markets and transportation um, public utilities etc um, along the way yeah and, and and Jared too he had a vision for the change that he wanted to see in his community and he has very much worked to make that happen you know yep. uh, he's all about the inclusivity of recreation and making sure that barriers to entry are, are lowered for people in the community uh, and, and that it becomes accessible to, you know, marginalized populations as well. We see ourselves and that we can see ourselves in this. You know, I was on, on last Saturday, uh, a week ago today, I was meeting with um, the Crash Boys, uh, L and Johnny Slow in Chester, Pennsylvania. Um, and the Crash Boys are a group who's leading the bike life movement. Mm-hmm. And the bike life movement is riding wheelies in cities. Um, <laughs> it's remarkable. Yeah. Uh, and something that, that Johnny and Elle talked about was that um, the, the kids, mainly the youth in Chester... Um, didn't have very many visions of where they could go mm-hmm. with their lives. Didn't see, you know, not not just not a lot of not a lot of variety in, in people with jobs or um, living situations or even we talked about foods mm-hmm. um, and consequently didn't see a path toward the future. Yeah, and one one of the for Johnny and L one of the most powerful tools to kind of see a new part of the world, have a new set of experiences and do it with other people in a way that builds community is through the is through bike life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so if if in Chester, right on the doorstep of Philadelphia, if the if the Crash Boys see it there and Jared sees it here, mm-hmm. 
there's some truth in that for yes. me. Yeah, so it, it's not a far stretch to say there's probably somebody in Altoona that sees it too, you know, or... <laughs> I know who that person is. His name's Steve McKnight. <laughs> oh, shout out, shout out to Steve McKnight. He sees it there too. So it's in all of these communities then. It's a common theme that's emerging. So there, like you said, there's truth to that. If, if it were one person, you're like, okay, that's that guy's vision and that's what he wants to see come from the community. But whenever it's multiple people, you're like, okay... This is something that needs to really be looked at. And and how do we help these people that are, are trying to make these changes be successful in bringing that vision to fruition? Okay, here's here's another thing that came out of the listening tour. Mm-hmm. I went into constantly trying to envision what the heck is this Office of Outdoor Recreation and what does it do? Um, and for a little bit, I was thinking about it as a snowplow. Okay. Barriers. Removing barriers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know if you've ever driven in a snowstorm and found the plow. Like, it's been a little touch and go. And then you find the plow. And you're like, huh, I'm going to hunker in back here. And yes. like, ride this. So like, that was a vision that I had mm-hmm. for, for what the Office of Outdoor Recreation is for our outdoor-based economy. Yeah. Um, but it was in the middle of the Williamsport meeting. It was a flash. All of a sudden, I, I realized, like, okay, maybe a little bit of snow plow. But more wind in the sails. Mm, so it's more it's, supportive than... This is your boat. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not my boat, mm-hmm. nor am I the captain of the boat. It's not my cargo in it, and it's not my destination to which, like, we're trying to get. Right. That's in the example of Johnstown. Like, this is your boat. Mm-hmm. I am wind in the sails. Empowerment. Uh, and 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 creating that flow mm-hmm. that you can then harness in your direction in the amount that you need. That is awesome. That's a good revelation to have there because there are two completely different approaches to how you could steer that office. You know, you could you could just bulldoze right through everything, or you could take a more subtle supportive role, and a subtle supportive role is probably better served to the recreation community, uh, and they would appreciate that. So. The office is, it's, it's a service organization. Mm-hmm. It's not about the office. Yeah. It's about servicing those people out in the community trying to make this a reality. Yes. Yeah. Our businesses, our economic developers, our public health institutions, our community partners, our conservationists. Mm-hmm. Well, Nathan, anything I missed that you would like to bring up? We can do it next time. I love that idea. I, I, I can sit here and talk to you for like two hours. Uh, we're at 30 minutes right now. This was an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for coming in today. Uh, and where can people find out more information about your office? Ooh, I should have this memorized. You should. Okay, go to DCNR. Oh, geez. Go to the DCNR webpage, which I think is dcnr.pa.gov. And if you look on there, there'll be a recreation tab and under recreation, a director of outdoor recreation line. There you can learn about it more there. But hey, more honestly, Google Pennsylvania Office of Outdoor Recreation Mm -hmm. and read the newspaper articles. They're really great uh, and they'll, they'll tell you what we're up to. Fantastic. Nathan, thank you for sitting down with me today. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure. 
There you have it, another episode of Where Adventure Lives, the podcast. I want to give a huge thank you to my friend Nathan Regner, PA's Director of Outdoor Recreation, for coming in and talking to me today. I could have talked to him a lot longer, but we want to keep these episodes short and digestible for you, the listener. So I will be having Nathan back on a future episode. A little bit of fact-checking on our episode today. Bethlehem Steel closed in 2003. The company declared bankruptcy in 2001. We were talking about that earlier in the episode. And because of them closing, we got a really cool amenity in the form of the Queen Mahoney Dam, which, yay to that. I also want to thank Remax Team Realtors for supporting the podcast. The Bob Colby team is ready to help you discover all of our area's adventures. If you're looking to move to a place that has some really great outdoor recreation amenities, if you want to call the Bob Colvin team, check them out at movetojohnstown.com, or you can call them anytime, 814-262-7653. If you want more information on anything we talked about today, check out whereadventurelives.org or send me show ideas at whereadventurelives814 at gmail.com. That's whereadventurelives814 at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out the podcast. I'll catch you next time on another episode of Where Adventure Lives, the podcast.